0: It's Davi the scapegoat. We are back with Thomas Ryan Lawrence from Q Plus Equality. That's right, Q Plus Equality. We had a rebrand and a name change since I've seen you last. How exciting is that?
1: We did. It's been very exciting. Yeah, we changed the name from GBA Equality Foundation to Q Plus Equality Foundation um, last May, I believe. So it was, you know, really exciting. It's been fun to go through the rebranding, even as such a young organization, but we just felt that the Q plus in the new name represented the organization's commitment um, to inclusivity and the belief that everyone deserves to live with dignity, respect, and pride. So,
0: mm. Well, we've done some fundraising on Dobby the Scapegoat. It's the first fundraiser that I did on this podcast it was very exciting. And it benefited Q plus equality. Where can people go to donate now?
1: Yeah, absolutely. So, um, Q plus org is our website. Cool. So, and of course, right up there on the homepage on the upper right hand corner, you will see a donate button.
0: Well, that's easy enough, isn't it? It is. And we will make sure to link all of that in the synopsis for the episode. So wherever you're listening, just look at the details and I'll have that linked right there. Thomas Ryan Lawrence, we've had you in a number of times to answer listeners' emails about workplace drama, unhealthy workplaces. (sighs) and uh, the workplace family paradox, if you will. Uh, Actually, that's a a term that you've (laughs) coined recently because you're doing a new project.
1: I'm using Medium as a platform to get articles out there. um, But as part of my role as the executive director at Q Plus Equality Foundation, I work a lot to educate others. Uh, particularly on topics that they just don't know anything about. So um, we just launched a video series. It's probably going to be eight to 10 parts. We'll see. (laughs) We've done three so far. Um, But the video series is based on, you know, as someone who interviews, whether you're an HR professional or a non-HR people leader, how can you make sure you're being inclusive of, you know, Q plus candidates? And then I wanted to start um, doing some written content because I used to love writing and I just, you know, got out of it because I didn't have time. Yeah. Um, but I wanted to start to push the envelope a little bit on some things that may be a little more controversial. Okay. Um, you know, the article that I just dropped this morning talks about how corporate DEI is dead and DEI diversity equity and inclusion Oh okay that makes sense <laughs> just that it's dead and you know that will um piss off a lot of HR professionals and a lot of people in that space but
0: But you're allowed to say it cuz you are one I am You're an HR professional I am an
1: HR professional so credentialed even This is a professional
0: even. opinion based it off of
1: It is and I'm not saying that programs should be cut I'm saying the way that they're being done large scale isn't working mm. it's not It's not delivering the intended result. Um, So, and another one is the unhealthy workplace family paradox. Mm -hmm. You know, for so long, organizations have prided themselves on being a, quote, family environment. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I've said it before. I'll say it again. I don't know any family that doesn't have some level of dysfunction. Not one. And toxicity in it. full
0: house. (laughs) <laughs> but even there, even- there's a lot of breakups. Why so many uncles live in here? What's going on in right. their life? What they do? Mama passed
1: away at a young age. Yes,
0: there's all there's dysfunction everywhere. Yeah. So like, if you're in the interview and they say, this company's like a family, to me, in my personal experience, right. that means we're going to ask you <laughs> yep. for more than we're giving you. Absolutely. And we're looking for somebody who will accept that treatment. Uh, so if you're in the interview and they say... We run this place like a family. You can be like, is this like a Game of Thrones family? Right. Is this like the Manson family? Yeah. What kind of family are we talk about like, right, because exactly. there are so few positive families and a lot of people are coming from dysfunctional families that they end up bringing that dysfunction and that dynamic into their workplace cuz they're like, now I have the family. I always wanted like maybe I had a dictatorship a narcissist parent where Mm -hmm. everybody's mood and vibe was based off this one leader of the household and now I'm the boss and these are my minions and I can be the one that controls that dynamic and shifts everything and I finally feel that power that power that my dad or mom always had now I'm that person in this space
1: well and for a lot of people what you just said is not even a conscious reality, right? Mm -hmm. It's all happening subconsciously. They had a model Mm
0: -hmm. of what
1: a parent or leader looked like growing up, not understanding that there are better ways to do it because that was just their lived experience. And exactly to your point, yes, when people say we have a family environment, most of the time it's going to be I'm going to ask for more than I'm willing to give you. Yeah, And And that's where right now we see the whole, quote, act your wage movement. Oh, I love that. I'm going to act exactly – like what you pay me. I'm gonna
0: act my, my wage. I'm gonna act <laughs> yes. my wage. I have some girls uh, that have come on this podcast before, some ladies from the Cheaties podcast, they have their own podcast, and Lace Larrabee coined the term, the rage gap. So, <laughs> you know, we talk about men and women, like uh, women are paid, I think, 74 cents on the dollar to, to men and, and even less for Hispanic women, mm-hmm. even less for LGBTQ plus, yep. and, we call that the wage gap. And a lot of people think that's a myth. It's a, it's real. It's very, very real for a lot of people in a lot of marginalized communities. And she coined it the rage gap because there's also when you go to work as a woman, you can't act on your feelings as much because you're considered like this Mm -hmm. hysterical woman but men are allowed to throw fits and actually like literally throw things across the room and everybody's just like well
1: well that's just Bob yeah
0: that's Bob you know that's what that's how he is and you gotta so there's also a rage gap where it's like okay men are allowed to act these ways and and get paid this way but women are not doesn't always work like that it's not always that way but I wouldn't call it a myth. It's a thing. It's out there.
1: Absolutely. I mean, HRC is an advocacy group that does a lot of research, which is great. Um, One of their recent studies show that trans women earn 60 cents on the dollar compared to a quote, typical worker. 60 cents.
0: Yeah. That's insane. It is insane.
1: And, you know, it's just baffling. And to your point about women, you know, you have women and then when you start to look at the intersectionalities of you know, visual diversity, at least, mm-hmm. if you have a black woman, yes. there's already this myth or stereotype of, quote, the angry the black angry woman. Black so woman. they have to work even harder to keep their, quote, emotions in check. Mm-hmm. Um,
0: in a lot of my friends' experience, they keep their emotions in check. They never mention their feelings. They literally just state facts. And then they get labeled passive aggressive. <laughs> and I'm like, what? But you didn't. You can't have it both ways. He raised his voice. You kept yours calm and you just explained to HR that he raised his voice and threw things and you kept yours completely calm. You didn't bring any... Oh, now you're passive aggressive. I will maintain that being passive aggressive is way better than aggressive aggressive all day long. Yeah. All day. I am not a boss bitch in business and probably for good reason because I don't know how I would be able to juggle all of these things and you're... Doing your part in helping educate people, especially with like the unhealthy workplace family paradox yeah. with uh, Q plus equality, you're helping young folks get into the workforce and feel comfortable and confident in who they are.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we've so you know, we have now partnered with 857 colleges wow. and universities across I the country. You want to look
0: at what it was last year,
1: it was like 40.
0: Oh my god, <laughs> that's wild! Yeah, my okay, program I was director, like, that's Anne. a huge um, jump.
1: It's like everyone at the end of the summer decided to return her emails. Oh, nice. And she seriously, <laughs> after like a month, she was like, I, I need a week off. It's too like, much. <laughs> I just, I need, everyone wants to talk to me now, which is not a bad thing. No, it's good. Um, it's great, but it's a, it was a lot at once. We seriously yeah. went from 40 to over 800 in like six weeks. Well, I mean. It was amazing. People
0: really need a lot of help right now, especially post-COVID when you've got these hybrid workplaces where some people are working from home, some people are working in the building, and is there preferential? treatment that's happening with that? Are you being left out of like networking and that Mm -hmm. could advance you just because you're working from home to accommodate your disability or
1: anything? Well, and that's exactly why we've started, uh, not started, we've expanded in the last six months where we are now also working with mid to senior level talent. Okay. So we launched a whole separate job board where, you know, whether an organization wants to go through our Q Plus Workplace Initiative or not, if they want to just show their support for Q plus people all year long and work to diversify their talent pool and say, yes, you're welcome here. We want more Q plus talent at every level of the organization. We now have our job board that companies can post on. So right now we have, I checked it this morning, we have just over 1,300 open jobs across the country and we are hoping to get that up to, you know, A much higher number here very soon okay um so yeah and on the workplace or on the family dynamic side Mm -hmm. one of the things that came up in a staff meeting the other day that i just i absolutely love is rather than talking to each other at work like we're family Mm -hmm. my air quotes that people can't see but rather than talking to each other like family what if we talk to each other like we were like you were my client
0: Was reading over your article and like I had this little like mind-blown emoji moment where I was like, yes Like you want to keep a client. You want to be professional with a client. You want to show a client respect and uh, make them feel valued so you, you don't want lose want your client them to keep
1: coming back.
0: Because your client, just as your employees, are making you money. I know yep. some people are like, I'm the boss, I make the money, I picked you, I allowed you to be in this room, you're making money because of me. Some bosses need to shift that and think every yeah. employee is handing me I mean, in some cases, you can work in radio and you could be demanded your personal life and your vulnerabilities on a plate on a weekly basis. Yep. And that boss's mentality is, I gave you exposure. I allowed you to be seen and heard for a second. And it's that like... That
1: sounds very um, Trumpish. Does, to me. It does, doesn't Like, it? I'm not going to pay the caterer after yeah. my wedding because... Oh, I, I actually remember that was a story that Trump did to a small business. Like... But imagine the exposure that you're going to get now that you've catered Donald Trump's wedding. Look at what I
0: did for you. Like, but your
1: invoice was for yeah. $17,000. I'm not now going to take five. Yeah.
0: And like, if, if 50 of your on-air bits were other people expressing their pain and vulnerabilities yeah. and one was yours about how you really like Heath candy bars, those are the best Halloween candies. I'm sorry. It looks like... Other people in the room did the heavy lifting for you for those few weeks, for those ratings weeks, and you did well and you got paid because of those people. So maybe treat your employees like a client yep. that you want to keep and you value. Yeah. How much that could change everything. It's a
1: crazy idea. I mean. Absolutely <laughs> crazy. You know, we why in the world would we want to work somewhere where everyone feels important and free to share their best ideas?
0: Right. <laughs> And respected. Oh, that's so weird. <laughs> and we've talked on this. I feel like at nauseum because there was like there was a lot of therapy that you gave me the first time you came in here because I was yeah. just like in an overwhelm of I made a mistake. This is on me. I fucked up. I trusted the wrong people. Yeah. And then you know, as you heal, you start to go. Oh, it's not entirely my fault. There yep. were some other unhealthy. Egos and an unhealthy family paradox. There is a lot of unhealthiness. And like you said, it's not always someone that comes from a dysfunctional family and it's calculated and they know what they're doing. It can be subconscious. Yeah. It can be an unhealed individual with an unhealthy ego that is trying to fill a void that they don't even know they have. They're just mad at you for not filling it properly. Yeah. You know, like that boss and that dynamic can get so unhealthy so fast because you'll notice how they love bomb you in the beginning mm-hmm. and then they take it all away and then they toy with you and you could well, sit there going What's typical narcissistic behavior? I mean, and you're like, <laughs> is this calculated? It has to be calculated. They have to know. But it's and and then I as a woman drove myself insane with going, is this on purpose or is this oblivious? Mm. And I don't know how much credit I should give to someone when I respect them and think they're smart. Yeah. So I'm like, I can't be oblivious. It's you know what you're doing.
1: Because so many, and I don't know specifically what it is about the personality trait that that gets it here, but there are so many, I'm going to call them bosses because I wouldn't consider these people leaders. Um, there are so many bosses that have at least narcissistic tendencies. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I and and I know that we've had some in the past, we've had some questions from listeners and how to deal with that. And, you know, the number one thing I recommend is literally Google. How do I deal with a narcissist? Mm -hmm. Because there are so many little tips and tricks that I've learned, um, you know, over the years that are just there are phrases that you can use to disarm them. Like, if you don't react to their, like you were saying earlier, like they're yelling, they're screaming, and the calmer you are, the less you are their, quote, source, mm-hmm. Um, they will calm down and go away. Yeah. Or, well, not go away. They're going to find someone else they, to be their source.
0: <laughs> usually. Like, if they're not getting the reaction that they so crave. Yeah. And that my problem was I would be calm, and then when it didn't stop, I would have a reaction. Yeah. And I learned... Through therapy and other means, you know, many doctors that they're like, you know, there is something called reactive abuse. Yeah. Like you can't sit there and take abuse and just show up for work every day. With a smile on your face, you would have to disassociate so hard; it would be so difficult to do that. No person can do that. And dis- disassociating sounds fun, but you know, I've learned yeah. that's not healthy. And like, I would, I would order my disassociation with a side of fantasy, so they could be screaming at me. I'd be in a hot tub, like eating chips, like just having <laughs> a good time. And I'm like, oh, okay. Doctor says this isn't healthy. I shouldn't be doing this. And then you have reactive abuse, where they're slinging all of this stuff, and you're like. Okay, if this is our dynamic now, I can do that, too. Um, Mm -hmm. And at first, someone can make fun of you and, and be saying something snide. And I was the person that would go, explain that joke. I don't get it. Even though I fully get it, but that's one of those things that would disarm a narcissist is you'd say, explain that joke, I don't get it. Playing dumb helped me so much because everybody in the room would be laughing at me and then I'd say, explain that joke, I don't get it. And then everybody would have to assess that that person is being a dick Mm -hmm. and now they have to explain that dick thing they said yeah. and it makes them look like even more of a dick and that will make a narcissist's head spin off into another dimension and then they want even more to get another reaction out of you. But you can't give it to them because somehow it's always your fault.
1: It, it, <laughs> it's always. it is, but I think that there are ways around it. Um, and this is actually, a, I know we didn't talk about order or anything, but this is a really good segue into the update mm-hmm. that came in. This one is from... Cynthia?
0: So there's a a few episodes we've done with you in the past, so you guys can go through and look and find all the Thomas Ryan Lawrence episodes in the past. We also have some members-only content featuring Thomas Ryan Lawrence, so if you subscribe to uh, Dobby the Scapegoat Plus, or you go to DobbyKermans.com and you want to read about the different fan clubs and join one of them, we got the Glow FM fan club. You get more video content and more perks and more emails and talking with me. And then you got Dobby the Scapegoat Plus. Plenty of Uh, Thomas Ryan Lawrence content on there and we did go over an email with Cynthia, and I was so happy that she sent us an update. Me so too. I'll give you. I was worried
1: about her a, and her but, team. Because
0: we both, at the end of it, were like, oh my God, please <laughs> tell us you're okay. Yes. Like, I don't, when like so for you. Like, I have so many
1: questions. <laughs> yes,
0: like, because it was tough. So, our update, I'll just quickly go over from last time. Cynthia said, I'm an elder millennial employer who grew up in a toxic family, had a toxic boss for over a decade. Now, I'm an employer, and I'm working very hard to create and maintain an inclusive, appropriate, non-toxic work environment with healthy boundaries, clear communication, good work-life balance for employees, and a good salary? Where is this place? (laughs) It's too good to be true. That's why we wanted an update. We're like, show us on Google Maps, where can I go to there? I want to go to there. All right. So she said, I have no professional or other control of certain clients. And they are in a place where they have to deal with a client that is very toxic. Um, she's trying hard to reduce that person's toxicity amongst her other employees, but they kind of have no choice but to be in this work environment with them. Uh, they, Cynthia's filed complaints. She's spoken to multiple colleagues, and she sought multiple means to de-escalate both directly and indirectly. She, so she's spoken to this person about the behaviors, yep. and it's not changing. So uh, Cynthia is repeatedly told this person is too powerful. They are who they are is the quote, mm-hmm. and I think we've already used that one in this podcast today. Yep. and. Cynthia is told she should just deal with it and wait for them to retire in the next year or so. Man, how many times I heard that when They're like, he's going to be gone in three years. And I'm like, he says that. But then two years later, he's still saying three years. Right. So like <laughs> how many times are we going to keep adding a couple years to this deadline and this expiration date of this just old man, <laughs> like, <Yep>. this old, <laughs> old, expired man? All right. So she says it seems everyone knows That this client is toxic, but no one is powerful enough to do anything about it. So my question is this. How do I protect my employees from the toxic behavior of someone? And it's completely out of my control. Thanks. And we gave her... Our advice. Yeah, we
1: gave her, I mean, with the limited amount of information we had, we gave her a couple of different options and was so happy to see that she sent in an update. Um, so Cynthia's update is: hey, thanks so much for addressing addressing my question on the podcast. It was really helpful. Here's a mini update. Y'all are right. This is not a client or anyone else I can fire. If I could fire them, I would. I'm also not interested in seeking new employment for various reasons, because that was one of the things that we had told her she could do, is look, at the end of the day, if it's really that bad, it's your life. Mm -hmm. It's it's your journey. You can pull the parachute cord and escape and find somewhere else to work. Which,
0: when I was dealing with a similar situation, I had a lawyer telling me, do not lose your career for this one douche.
1: Yep. And, and what she said is, you know, I'm not interested in seeking new employment for various reasons. Mm-hmm. Totally get that. Um, to address the other questions y'all had, I have a very small team. There are four of us total, and I'm the only one in a leadership role. I was able to secure a small raise for my team, which everyone's pleased about. Well, that's nice. I know, right? And I also offered them some, quote, self-care options from my own wallet. Now, that's a leader. <sighs> That's the difference wow. between a leader and a boss right there. Yeah. They were offered a fancy lunch out or a hundred dollar Amazon gift card. Wisely and as expected, they chose the gift card. <laughs> um, because you know, times are tough right Amazon, now. Amazon.
0: Get look, there's you, so many things can't I you can get. get. There. Yeah.
1: I literally have like blocked it because I I have one credit card that's tied to our household Amazon account, so I can easily know how much I spent on Amazon mm. each month, and it's scary. It's scary I so just how to block it. I bought a new electric tea kettle, um, and my husband was like, how many devices do we need to heat up water? Uh, listen. <laughs> and I'm like, what do you mean? He's like, we have a perfectly good coffee pot in there. I'm like, it doesn't heat water the same way.
0: Not electrically. I, I, exactly. We well, the... it
1: does, but it's got to cycle oh. through, okay. and it's so yeah, No. Um, anyway, <laughs> back to this. Um, I'm going to continue to do this periodically, the gift cards. Let's be honest. Sometimes a little extra money helps. We've also been having really clear, direct communication about how toxic this person is and ways to minimize their effect on us. I make myself available for venting and to help them process this person's actions. I've encouraged them to tell me when they're overwhelmed or burned out to see where I can shift the burden of working with this person amongst us so no one person is targeted. We also prepare together for encounters with this person, and I advise them that just because (laughs) this toxic person is upset, that doesn't mean I am. That person can and always will be upset. The emotions of the toxic person don't concern me. The mental well-being of my staff does. Nice Words can only do so much, but I do tell them I'm proud and appreciative of them. One of my team members, and I love this, one of my team members requested one, quote, blackout week every quarter where he could completely avoid this person so he would have scheduled breaks to regroup. So we just scheduled those out for the remainder of the year. Overall, I still wish this person would just retire. (laughs) But for now, I'm going to keep looking for ways to support my staff. Thanks again. Um, Oh, and she goes on to say, P.S. I'll let you know when this nightmare of a person finally retires. Maybe I'll even throw a party and invite the Davian scapegoat crew. First of all, Cynthia... First, two rounds of drinks are on me, okay? <laughs> we <laughs> got to pay you back for all this your, Amazon gift yes, card. for you and your four-person team, first couple of rounds of drinks are on me and Dobby. Mm-hmm. Um, secondly, I-, I couldn't love what you're doing here more. It's Dealing with a toxic person in the workplace is tough. And if there really is nothing to do because they're either a leader above you, a board member, a client, uh, whatever the case may be, The best thing you can do is at least get your team on the same page and And be there to support each other. Yeah. Um, It's the
0: hardest place to be in. If you were just another employee, then you guys could commiserate and be like, there's nothing we could do. mm -hmm. But people are looking to you as a leader, and that's just such a difficult spot to be in when you're like, we can't lose the client because that's money, but I can't lose these amazing employees that I appreciate. So you are making so many efforts to – Make everybody more comfortable, and I love that you guys get together like before that yeah. that monster gets to the building, and you guys are just like, "What are we doing?" Let's sh- who's got a power pose? Show me your power pose, you right. know. And you're just you're having a little like, "Okay, go team," you know. Three, two, one, go! And that is so helpful knowing that your leader your leader cares. Yeah, that is so helpful to an employee because when I was like dealing with a workplace bully. It, it was made more obvious each time that my leaders were not gonna do anything about it and yeah. that it was up to
1: me. Your leader was the problem.
0: Yeah, like it, when you got like a buddy-buddy system or like when no you're- No HR department. No HR department and your leader is, hell-bent on protecting a workplace culture of family yeah workplace culture and family and you're protecting the guy that's toxic even violent and that that's how some workplaces are but cynthia is making all the painstaking efforts to make her employees feel valued and also letting them know that she's going through it too like, yeah. honestly, some sometimes you're sitting there going, my boss doesn't care. And then you're like, my boss is also overwhelmed by this person. But yeah. there's really, there's not a lot we can do, but she's doing her best.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And I think that's where leadership really steps in here is, um, you know, diversity, inclusion. These words have started to get a really negative um take in the current political and social climate
0: a negative take on I mean, diversity and inclusion it's, yes
1: they're being attacked i mean they're like bad words now yeah it's insane you know the number of states that are banning um companies from forcing their staff to do dei training mm-hmm. it's crazy but what she's doing here what cynthia is doing is saying i'm gonna you know obviously the the organization won't fire this client so, And that doesn't mean that the organization isn't a welcoming place. It mm-hmm. doesn't mean the organization doesn't want their employees to be joyful at work. But what Cynthia has done is she's taken it a step further and said, I don't care what the culture of the organization is. I'm going to make sure my team is taken care of. Yeah. And that's where she's building a really strong foundation because, look, she knows and we know that if, let's just say, one of her four people's name is Bob, <laughs> let's say Bob leaves, she's going to have to replace Bob. And whoever Bob's replacement is is going to have to put up with the same bullshit, toxic client. Mm -hmm. So she's got to do what she can to make the people that she's working with know that they are valued and say, you know, look, unfortunately, there's nothing – I can do about this other than do my best. Yes, to make you know that you're valued.
0: Sometimes it's a vicious cycle, but I think Cynthia's crushing it. I'm really happy she sent us an update because I was worried about her. Me too,
1: and I totally expect an update when that person retires. Yes,
0: because we're gonna have a party. We are. (laughs) We are gonna (laughs) have such a party. party. (laughs) We need everybody when you're waiting on your toxic boss or client or whoever to finally retire because some of them just won't. It they just. It's like they already left the earth and their ghost is just haunting mm-hmm. you in the office. And it's just like such a shitty Beetlejuice. Like you're like, <laughs> you know, is Beetlejuice coming in today? Do we have a meeting with Beetlejuice? I hope we don't, you know, I hope Beetlejuice is in a good mood. Oh, fuck. You said it three times. He's here. So, <laughs> and there's nothing you could do. He's just there and they won't retire. It's just this dusty person. Like. Anybody that's going through that, I want to hear about that person finally retiring. Yep. I want to hear about it. Well, so just like email us and let us know. She has like to Atlanta. So, I know. So this yeah. is going to be a good party. Yep. Where should we go? Mm. <laughs> There's so many places in, around town. Uh, so, Cynthia, let us know when that crypt keeper is finally buried. And we will be here at, like anxiously waiting to hear back from you. Um, I, I also, uh, speaking of uh, Medium and all the new things you're doing with Q Plus Equality, uh, you were talking about in one of your classes, or in one of your articles, or in one of your video content. Mm-hmm. Uh, you were explaining LGBTQ.
1: Yeah, you know, one of the things that can be challenging when you're interviewing um, is uh, the acronym for the Q plus community is L G B T 2s plus.
0: Plus, okay, so we don't do the AA asexuals and allies. Are you, I haven't. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, I, I mean, tried to. Add and- another letter here, Dolly. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> I was like, I remember memorizing it at one point. There were so many people that were so perturbed yeah. by this acronym that they couldn't even be bothered to remember LGBTQ+. Right. And I'm like...
1: And that is a more common term or even just LGBTQ. Yeah. Um, what we've done and obviously ties in to the, the name of the foundation with it being the Q Plus Equality Foundation. Um, we've adopted Q Plus. Nice. And it... We believe, and we've gotten really great positive feedback on it, that one, it streamlines a conversation, it offers inclusivity, it provides clarity, um, and it's particularly welcomed by allies – who really do struggle with the acronym. I mean, look, even you and I sitting here, I'm like, oh my gosh, (laughs) there's another A I didn't know about. I used to be
0: so proud of myself for (laughs) memorizing that.
1: (laughs) So where we use it is we use it when we're talking about Q plus people, the Q plus workforce, the Q plus community. Um, But with that, it's important to remember that each person likes to identify their own way. Mm -hmm. So, you know, if you're doing an interview and, you know, Karen, an accounting candidate, comes in, she may identify as a lesbian. Well, that doesn't mean that you correct her and say, no, you're Q+. plus." Yeah. Right? Yeah. Um, I obviously identify as gay. It's not
0: a dirty word. It's
1: not a dirty word, but it does make it easier when you're talking about a collective group, mm-hmm. like the Q plus community or the Q plus workforce. It's easier than trying to get the whole acronym out. Um, and what we always like to tell people, too, particularly those that identify as part of the Q Plus community is if you see someone trying, don't be nasty yeah. if they mess up. let them. If they're like G, L, B, don't be like, why don't you know the acronym? Like, easy. Like, yeah. Right, like, take you it you easy. see them are an effort. They're
0: not going, oh, this woke shit. <laughs> right. Even with your parents, like even with a boomer, if they're trying and they're not being sarcastic, Absolutely. then- yeah be, be cool. yeah, be cool. Yeah, I mean, believe
1: it or not, particularly with boomers, even some older millennials, they are actually afraid yeah. to approach topics like this. And one of the reasons they are afraid, and I plan on doing um, some like in-response videos next, is you see these videos on Instagram and Facebook Reels and TikTok of someone misgendering someone else, mm-hmm. and the person that was misgendered just going off. I mean, yelling and screaming and throwing stuff. And it's just like, do you actually think that that person's going to now have a positive association with trying to make sure that they don't misgender someone in the future? Before I forget, um, either on YouTube or TikTok, all of our social channels are just at Q plus equality and plus is spelled out. Um, So if you're interested in watching any of my videos, I try to keep them three minutes or less because let's face it, y'all are busy (laughs) and we all know I can talk. So if I don't give myself a time limit, you know, the original goal was, 90 seconds, and now they're ending up at three minutes. So I'm going to keep my goal at 90 seconds, and that way the videos will be three minutes. But lots of great information in there for listeners that just want to learn how they can, you know, be a better ally or more, you know, more inclusive or creating a more welcoming workplace. As a general rule in life, I have worked very hard to stop apologizing for things Mm. because. Unless an apology is, like, really warranted, Like, I apologized to my husband last night. He deserved it. Um, He deserved (laughs) an apology. He deserved that apology. Yeah. Um, But if I were to misgender someone, rather than apologizing, because I didn't do it intentionally, Mm -hmm. so I don't believe that I owe them an apology, I rather want to thank them for taking the time to let me know their pronouns. So rather than, oh, I'm sorry, I'll try to do better in the future, it would be, oh, Davi, thank you so much for sharing that with me. I'm going to try to make sure that I use your pronouns correctly moving forward. It's that
0: easy. Yeah, I don't know when, I don't know what class of manliness that folks were taught this is a weakness to apologize, or it's a weakness to be uneducated on something, or it's a weakness to confess Mm -hmm. that you're not intelligent on that subject. Like, working in the business that I was in, working in radio, if you were unintelligent on a topic, if you were not educated on a topic, you still had to figure out something to say. Yeah. You know, and and we had to just quickly come up with something. So usually mine would be another train of thought. Like, let me try to change the subject (laughs) or let me make an analogy that is like off of this, but like this to make it make more sense, you know? But I really embraced at parties and events saying, I don't know enough about that to make a statement right now. Yeah, You know, and and I'm fully going to throw that out there. But I have no shame in admitting I'm not educated enough on this to speak on it. And I used to not be allowed to make that statement. I used to have to speak on it and then guard that opinion with my life and and tweet about it later. You know, like I I had to. Yeah, And and uh, stand
1: behind it. Yeah.
0: And. And, like, even then, you could make a statement, and then later on, if someone was like, actually, blah, 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 I had no shame in retweeting that person and going, I want to thank everybody for their patience. You know, I want to say I'm sorry for the misunderstanding, and I got more educated today. I never had an issue with that, but I do feel like there is some kind of... Uh, there's some self-help books that are actually like self-destruct books for men that are being sold and passed around yeah. and men are reading them and going, you're right, I will never apologize because it makes me weak like yeah. to apologize in public or it makes me weak to admit I didn't know that thing or I was miseducated. And it's just unfair. I mean, even when you're late for something, they tell women, don't say, I'm sorry, I was late. Say thank you for your patience. Yep. And I'm like, man, that is just like expressing gratitude yeah. instead of I'm I don't so apologize sorry. for being late. Yeah, so mm-hmm. like you don't necessarily have to say I'm so sorry I did that, but saying but expressing gratitude for being taught a new thing is not bad. It's not. Gratitude is wonderful.
1: And it reminds <laughs> me of I saw this post on LinkedIn this morning and was commenting on it. Um there's someone who is considered a LGBTQ+ like top voice, their mental health advocate. Um, They have a podcast. Their name is, I'm going to mispronounce it, um, Margie Marchetti. Um, And she posts, they, um, I apologize. Oh, see, I just did like three different things right there. It's hard. Um, It is. It is. And, you know, I do this work every day, all day long. So um, they made a post this morning about, you know, quote, using gender neutral pronouns is too difficult for me, end quote. And then saying my girlfriend's niece used the pronoun they. Correctly when talking about me, and this is Margie. Um, she's eight years old. She's never met me. She said, "Grandma said it's very important to do it." Oh. And so she did it. Oh. What is everybody else's excuse? It's
0: that easy. <laughs> it's that oh, come easy. On. It was such a uh, difficult thing for certain people to grasp, but I remember like having this boss. That every time someone annoyed him or every time something was going viral online and he thought that person's an idiot, he would be like, Goddamn millennials, mm-hmm. goddamn millennials. And I'd be like, <laughs> That person is your age, you know? Uh, so do you know what millennials are? Do you know what? Okay, so millennials are born in certain years. So we're talking like 1980 to like what, 94. You're just using millennials as a trait for people that annoy you you know yeah. and and it took years to coach this out of this person years I don't even think I was able to successfully coach it out of this person. I just think he learned the next generation. <laughs> he learned, <laughs> he, he was like, Oh, it's Gen Z now. Yeah, right. So then he just started saying fucking Gen Z, you know, like goddamn Gen Z. And I'm like, okay, so he did, he never picked up what we were putting down. Not good with the years, yep. you know, what, whatever's going on with his brain. That's what he wants. He wants to hate generations based off of a little annoying thing. Mm-hmm. Um, And then when it came to pronouns, I was like, if I can't get him to understand ages, (laughs) I think gender is going to be tough. Um, Because you're talking to you're talking to these people that can't teach an old dog new tricks, you know, and it's like, but I can, though. Mm -hmm. My dog has had two back surgeries. He's 13 years old. He learned a new trick yesterday. Like, fuck you if you think you can't teach an old dog new tricks. And why are you referring to yourself as an old dog? You are a whole-ass right. human <laughs> mammal with a brain with bumps and grooves. You can learn new things, okay? You have not been lobotomized. So when it came to... You know, if we um, can learn
1: different exercises to make our pecs bigger, we can learn right? Pronouns. Okay. Like you keep, and I don't understand
0: how like your muscles keep getting thicker, but your brain is just depleting day by day. We need to work on that guy. Is there a machine for that? No, it's just listening to other pe- pe- people and being understanding. And in that light, when it came to Demi Lovato, for example, Oh, I just can't. What? I don't know. What? I can't. They, it's not multiple people that, so I would, I would say, their name is Demi. Yeah. Just call them by their name. And then that was like. I think s- I
1: listened. to. I vaguely remember. I, it's weird because it's a vague <laughs> recollection, but it's also kind of burned in my brain where I'm like, why are we having this <laughs> much of a freaking conversation? It's such
0: a tantrum <laughs> for something so simple where I'm like, when you talk about your buddy, right. you say, I'm going to lunch with Bob. And I don't. I don't know what gender Bob is. You just call, you called them by their name and it's that fucking easy. So when it comes to someone that is trans, why can't, why do you have to have a whole last tantrum? Like you're an adult, you know their name, call them their name, if it's that difficult for you.
1: Yeah, I think one of the, one of the challenges is specifically with the people that it's that difficult for, they're seeking to understand something that goes inherently against the way that they were brought up, which you don't, need to understand somebody just, t- it's like, perfect example. They
0: have a need to understand, My though. husband
1: doesn't eat red meat, okay? Okay. So when we go to dinner at our friend's house, the Allens, uh, which they're like, you know, between, th- we have them and one other couple that are like our besties, the Allens and the Elrods. Everyone knows Chris doesn't eat red meat. Mm-hmm. So if they invite us over for dinner, they make sure to either cook turkey or chicken or pork. They don't have this deep seated need to understand why he won't eat red meat.
0: But why?
1: But why? Explain. But I don't understand. Like but have red you meat tried is this? the best thing ever. Yeah. <laughs> like I've I grew up on, you know, meatloaf and hamburgers and like this is how it was when I was a kid. Why don't you eat meatloaf? You need to eat meatloaf.
0: It shouldn't be frustrating. <laughs> no. Like it shouldn't frustrate you to learn something new or to have something explained to you. Like I would freaking hate to like, imagine this person's like, I would like to play pickleball. Will you teach me? And it's like, no, because you're not good at learning things. <laughs> like right. You get so angry because you're used to heavy lifting with your body, but not with your mind. Yeah. And it just requires the littlest bit of elbow grease and heavy lifting. Yeah. And don't you think that being a strong man in mind is also as important as being a strong man in body? When it comes down to it, yes, you can misgender somebody. Totally accidentally. It is not calculated. And like you said... I just s- did it. Sometimes... Yeah, I like, it happens. I just did it.
1: And then I apologized right after talking about how I don't apologize <laughs> for that. It happens, people. It happens. And we laughed and yeah. we moved on. It's okay. And... And I'm sure Margie, if if they listened to this episode, would not be
0: upset. So what are we going to say? We're going to say, everyone listening today, thank you for your patience. Yes. As we got through this break. Yes. Because... Everybody, even the Q plus equality <laughs> ahead of the company, like it
1: happens. It happens. It can
0: happen to any of us.
1: Absolutely. The
0: the people and and it's not like frustrating for us to go, "Whoop! Yeah. Let me fix that." No. little mistake because what are we all doing every day? We're learning new things and we're making some fucking mistakes along the
1: way. And Absolutely. that's okay. Yep. <gasps> the the think try to win.